Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Check one, check one, sibilance, sibilance, check two, check two, sibilance, sibilance. It is the Clary Podcast. How are you guys? Uh, It is raining today, and... uh, I don't know what it is. I remember back in Milwaukee when I was a kid, I didn't mind the rain. Maybe maybe because like when you were trapped in school and it was raining, it's like, well, okay, I can't play. So it kind of it forgives you for being indoors. Like, ah, I might as well be in. And it, it, I guess it's the perfect time to podcast. Although I'll tell you this, I am, there's a piece of me that just wants to go grab my rain gear from my motorcycle jacket and then just go hike in the rain. Like just go walk. Just be very quiet. Can you even hear it? Hang on, I'll be quiet for a second. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Almost why it makes you want to take a nap. Almost. I could see it. I just finished up uh, lunch at Benihana's with some buddies. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll go take a nap. I can't take naps to save my life. You just can't lie there, do nothing. Life is wasting away. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do the podcast. But now I'm really kicking around this idea of just hiking in the rain. You know, just go for a long walk. No one's going to bother you. Ain't nobody else hiking out there. Although I did, I'll I'll tell you this. There's a piece of me not only just to be able to hike in the rain and just, you know, just walk, listen to some other people's podcasts. Uh, I kind of envied this guy. I went out golfing, which is another story I'll explain later. But I went out golfing. And uh, if you have never golfed, what you gotta do is you gotta you gotta get away from the city. You gotta get far away from the city because otherwise they they ass rape you on the on the golfing fees. And so if you could get to some of these smaller towns, go nowheresville type of places, you can golf for pretty cheap. So I found a place for nine holes. It was seventeen bucks. Pretty good deal. Uh, but once you get out, kind of in the exurbs areas where it's at. You're not you're not the suburbs. That's that's where they really get you. You get you can either go into the city core, the urban core, uh, where there's traffic and traffic jams and leftists, which I don't. I refuse to. I'm I'm learning that that traffic is really puts me in a bad mood. I really got to get out to Nevada or South Dakota or something here in the long run. Uh, but you could get these municipal golf courses, which are fine, which are groomed okay, and they're they're cheap. But you got to deal with with the city. You got to deal with traffic, and you got to deal with rush. I'm like, no. If you go to the Burbs, that's where they get you. That's where you got your uh, what's the one down south? Legends. Legends is the big one. Uh, the Ryder Cup was in the Twin Cities not long ago. And you understand? I know nothing about golf. I know nothing about golf. I just know like, okay, you use the driver at first, and then various wedges, and then you get to your putter once you get on the green. That's all I know. Uh, or the the Ryder Cup, where was I? I was down in Chanhas and Chaska? Something that begins with the C-H. Uh, so those are very expensive and fancy. 
The Lafayette Club, that's the hoity-toity with the fancy-schmancy and the oopty-loopty. That's the place you can't even look at without them charging you. As you can. But then you you get out further away. You get on those exurbs, right? You know, you start seeing some farmland. There's some pretty cheap golf, cor- golf courses out there. I found one. Dirt cheap. Daytime. Going to go. I know all you old guys are like, well, you could just golf. Yes, I can. It's it's come to that. That's how boring it is. It, it's I. You don't need people to go golfing with. It's a one-man sport if you want it to be. It's relatively cheap during the daytime on a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, all you other people have to work. And, and all the workers, all the slaves, all the cubicle dwellers, uh, you guys can either golf in, this, in the urban core or the immediate suburbs and pay an arm and a leg. But I have the luxury, living in the WBL, of just shooting up north, and get into some more rural areas to go golfing. I could do it during the daytime, and there's no traffic, there's no lines, no tee times are filled up. You're like, oh yeah, we got what? What choose? Choose your poison. What time do you want to tee off? I'm learning the lingo, by the way. I said I want to tee off at two. All right, here you go. Although you don't tee off at two, it's all weird. It's all weird times, like in baseball. The game will start at 7:03 p.m. I'm like, what? Your tea time, what was my tea time? 208, 209? No. 216. It was weird. It just threw me. I'm like, okay, whatever. You guys know what you're doing. I'm not going to question it. So I went golfing by myself. And then on the way back, and I know know this is increasingly so as with most major metro areas. Maybe not so much out west, but definitely you know, the eastern two-thirds of the United States, uh, the various <clears throat> municipalities, county governments, etc., they're all about trails. They're all about putting up bike trails and hiking trails and walking trails and all that. Now, in our, and in the olden days, we had sidewalks, and then you just hike along the, uh, the road. If you were really lucky, a railroad would uh, sell its rail line, its railway, uh, it didn't need it anymore, and it would become exempt. And uh, then they turned that into a hiking path. So you just pull up the railroad ties and, and the the the, um, the rails themselves. And those actually made for some very nice hiking trails. Well, because it can't you can't have too much of a steep incline or decline because trains were going on it. So those are always kind of nice. Uh, but for the most part, there wasn't like all the well. Then I don't know. Start about the the mid to late eighties. Uh, especially as I started traveling a little bit more on my pedal bike, I started noticing, oh, they're putting in trails here. They're putting in trails there. And I, I always, I, especially when you were a kid and there was no internet, you started wondering, you're, there you are on your huffy bicycle, like, where does that trail go? To what new worlds and run? How far does the trail go? Can I get to Minneapolis on that trail? If I were to bike days and days on end, could I bike with my little huffy bicycle? Used. All the way from Milwaukee to Minneapolis to visit my grandmother. Does that trail, is that made for me? Can all the bicycle, could me and my buddies in a very Goonies-like sense, we all go on this epic adventure with Cindy Lauper playing in the background and we all pedal? Actually, they did do that in Goonies. There's like a scene that's actually very cool. It's like the opening scene and they're all just pedaling over in Portland or Portlandia or wherever the heck they were. And that's where your innocent mind goes. So I'm driving back from golfing and here's this guy. Now, I used to kind of think, ah, look at this douche. These, they look like bums, but you got, you got to figure out what they're doing. They got long beard, they're ratty, and they're, they got their huge backpack, and they got a walking cane, they got a, a hat to keep the sun out, 
and they're just hiking down this path. And what I realize is that there's a lot of people out there, well, not a lot, but a fair amount, you've seen them, they're not bums, they're not vagabonds, they're just hiking across the country. And I saw this guy, and he's just, he's had his backpack, he had his hiking pants, they're like actual hiking pants, a lot of um, foresters and people who work in the forest industry, you, you know what the, you guys know what I'm talking about, they're kind of a, well, they're, they're forest colored, they're kind of greenish. Had hiking boots, had a nice cane. And he had his backpack. Dude looked like Tom Hanks in uh, Abandoned or Stuck on the Island Show or whatever the heck it was called. And I'm just sitting there thinking, and he's hiking into, what was it? Was he hiking into Wyoming? Where was he? I don't think it was. Maybe it was Forest Lake. But he's just hiking south. I'm kind of like, no, no, I maybe prefer to pedal bike. I obviously probably prefer to motorcycle because it's more fun. But if you had all the time in the world, you had you you had the money, you had no cares, you had no responsibilities. I started thinking like, well, maybe maybe I could hike. Because what you don't realize when you drive on the roads, you don't see. You think, oh, I know this town really well. No, you don't. You only see what you could see from the road, which is only about at most at most maybe twenty five thirty percent of the actual land around you. It's even less when you go out west. Wyoming, there's only a handful of paved roads. You'll see less than 1% of that country. So then the hiking trails kind of present this kind of curious thought to you, like, well, what's behind that row of trees or what's over that hill? You know, how does one walk? Because you're not going to walk on the highway. That's the most efficient way for cars to go. And Google Maps now, they'll show you the quickest way to hike somewhere. And I got a buddy down in Woodbury. I'm kind of thinking like, well, that's not that far away. I could probably do that easily in half a day or something like that. But what if instead of going to a lake and running around on a running trail, instead of what if I were to and not run, I'm not working out. I was just to take a very meditative, relaxing, enjoyable hike and just just and find Google Google Maps, you know, and say, okay, here's the route you go. And then if not only would you see a completely different, you know, you'd see stuff you've never seen from the road. I've lived in this this uh, city area for o- over 22 years now. I'd see a whole, I guarantee I'd see something new, something I've never seen before that was just literally on the other side of that, that tree line, literally, literally on the other side of the, of the hill. But then this, it kind of harkens back to this wandering, adventuring, unknown aspect that you used to have as a kid. Oh, I know I'd end up in Woodbury. I know there's Radio Flyer Drive. I probably, well, I have to go through Oakdale, probably go past the theaters. But I'm wondering, well, what if, you know, right now it's raining. I go grab my rain gear, download a ton of podcasts, and then I go, and and forget Woodbury. Let's say I wanted to hike all the way across the metro to Lakeville. You know, what path would it take me? What would I have not seen? That's one thing I do remember as a kid when you got your bike is you'd bike to separate towns or you, if you were lucky, you'd find one of those railway uh, exempt uh, railroad lines that turned into a trail. It would inevitably lead to another town. And if you had wandered enough far away from home, you know, 10 miles, which is long on a Huffy. That's long. And I didn't get a, I didn't get a 10 speed until I was 14. Uh, all of a sudden, there's this whole new world. You're like, oh, what, look at this. Inevitably, they go past parks, you know, how city planners like, oh, look at this. And it's weird. It was, a, it was an element of... Post-apocalyptic uh, Omega Man, you'd come across this town, 
and there'd be this playground, but no kids on it. You can even see this today. I was coming back from my old man's place in Wisconsin. We're driving through the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. You could see from the road, it's summer, it's daytime, it was a beautiful day out. There's these playgrounds. No kids are on it. No kids are on these playgrounds. No kids are on baseball diamonds. But it was like coming across this abandoned city by an alien civilization. You'd, you'd pedal your bike. It'd be two in the afternoon. It'd be dead quiet. Maybe you hear the chikaitis. Uh, and then you just come across this swing set and this slide. And you'd park your bike and you'd go down the slide a little bit. Oh, wow, cool. Swing set slide. I want to do this. But then there'd be no one there. You'd be looking around. And then there'd be a baseball diamond. No one's playing on it. Everybody, all the parents are at work. You, want, you wondered where the kids were. Maybe it was a testament to like the fact I traveled out that far. I think the town was Merton. Athen, look it up. It's Merton or Colgate. Something over on the northwest side of Milwaukee I biked to as a kid. Remember getting to Hubertus. I do remember that bike. That's when I had a 10-speed. I go up by the Holy Hill, Kettle Moraine area. That was very pretty and very hilly. But yeah, this this and, and I, it, it's not that I don't know where I'm going. It's not that I I don't know like at the end. Uh, there's Burnsville, there's the Burnsville Mall and Buck Hill. Like, and it's not that I wouldn't be able to know exactly where I was. But at least if you were to take these trails, they go everywhere. Thousands, guarantee you, thousands of miles worth of trails have been put in since I've lived here because that we spend more money on bike trails and trails than we do highways. And so if, you know, I don't really need to use the roads anymore. I'm just, you know, all right, why not go down this way? <clears throat> Went and visited the GF uh, at her work one time. And she's uh, she works out in the burbs. And uh, she says, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be ready for another hour. I say, okay. So I went for a walk. And it was kind of the same thing. I pulled up the map. I said, well, what's this? I always look for green. I always look for green on the maps in blue. Uh, Matt Baldoni, that means water. I know you're out in Vegas. You don't have a lot of water. But th- like that Lake Mead thing, That's that we got a lot of those. We got a lot of Lake Meads out here. And so you find and it's amazing. It's just all these little ponds and creeks and creeks and uh, streams and even rivers. And you just and that's what I've been doing now is I've just been pulling up and, oh, I'll go over here. And so I get a new running route. Oh, I'll go over there. And that's what I did while waiting for my girlfriend to get out for lunch. Found this park. Sure enough, same thing. 40 years later, there's, there's I don't know what they're doing with these new suburbanite developments, but everyone's got to put in this, this um, they, they got to put in not just the suburban development. They're putting in clubhouses now. It's kind of odd and weird. Back in the day, you just build a house, you own the house, and that was it. No, not anymore. Everything's got to be a homeowner's association. So you get these developments, and part of the homeowner's association is they have a a clubhouse or a meeting house, like a community center, private sector. And I don't know, I guess there's pools in there or something. I don't know. It's a place to rent out. I, I have no idea. But then there's always a park. But damn it if these things aren't abandoned too. You just, and it's great. You almost don't want to use your GPS. You just want to like go back to what it was like in 1984 and you just go. You don't even know north, south, east, and west, which is really hard to turn off, especially if you've, if you've lived. Maybe that's why I want to go hiking out in the rain because I can't tell where the sun is. Maybe I might actually get lost and I'll feel like a kid again. And then you come across brand new construction, brand new, so brand new. They don't even have sand in the play box. It's that churned up, torn up uh, rubber. That's what they got now. Brand new playground. I'm kind of half tempted as an adult because the playgrounds now are a lot cooler than what they used to be. They got all these whole new, they got like a 
like a, a zip line and, and they got really big slides and they got uh, uh, suspension bridges and you kind of look around like, oh, I hope there's no one around. And you kind of want to go and play on it as an adult, which I have yet to build the courage up. I haven't done it yet. But there it is. There's the baseball diamond. There's the soccer field. There's this at least, I don't know, quarter million dollar playground. It wasn't cheap to build that. Not a kid to be seen. Not it's summer. Where are the moths? Where are the kids? You know, what what have why why is this not being used? I guess every kid's on the phone or the wifey poo's on the tablet or the kids all shipped off to daycare. That's one one thing you'll never hear quiet. I guess I answered my own question. You go past a daycare center, they're all loud. That's where all the kids are. But then you walk out into the burbs or the exurbs. You follow these trails to wherever it goes. And you'll you'll come across it. You'll come you'll come across at least I went for a walk yesterday. Um I didn't walk more than maybe at most five miles. And I did see two no three. Three different playgrounds with within five miles, which is a lot. And uh, it just you know, wonder if you're building too many damn playgrounds. Oh, but to go and get get lost, that's that's maybe what it, damn it, maybe that's what I should do. We got a huge storm coming. It's just going to rain all day today. Maybe that's what I should. I know I got asshole consulting to do. I oh my god, I'm getting slammed, which is good, which I appreciate. Thank you for spreading the good word of asshole consulting, but I'm not getting to the things I'd like to do. Cuz I'll tell you right now, boy, that'd be great. If you could guarantee me it would rain the entire time I'm hiking and I just go set off on a path and somehow I could turn off my my auto compass so I I wouldn't know where I am. Well, maybe that'd be something else to do. You know, maybe that's what we could do. Here's a business idea. Listen to this. All right. You, you grab a guy or a gal that wants to, to just get completely lost again like they were a kid. And they can, they can bring their phone like when they figure out, okay, I'm done hiking. I got to figure out where I, where I am and where I got to go. You blindfold the guy or the gal. You fly them out to some town they've never been in. Large metro area with like a, an intricate hiking system. And they're all getting hooked up, by the way. They're all getting interconnected now. Like I really think, I mean, I looked at, I think I could hike all the way to Mankato if I wanted to. I could probably hike to Duluth if I wanted to without touching a road. So you fly them to this place. You drive them out to this, this um, beginning of a trailhead and you say, the trail system is all that way. You don't say north, you don't say south. You say the trail system is all that way. And then you just go. You got your backpack, you got your walking stick, you got your water, you got your food, maybe a tent, and you just start hiking. And you just now inevitably you're gonna piece it together. You're gonna once the sun comes out, you're gonna know where west is. You're gonna see signs that tell you what town you're in and what state, you know, cars going by. First license plate you see, oh I'm in Ohio. Shit. I don't wanna pay local income taxes. But then you just kind of walk and just hike, and wherever it goes, there you go. You just you just go. Oh, hey, look, the Ohio River. Look, Kentucky, let's keep hiking. Here's a bridge. Oh, I wonder what's, I don't know. We're just going to keep on going. And then yeah, kind of like Johnny Appleseed, you just hike it across the country. Nowhere to be. Maybe I will do that. Maybe I'll go after this podcast. Go out and just enjoy the rain. Am I crazy for want to hike in the rain? No. Um, we got 
stuff to do here. I've, I've been meaning to do this, and uh, they've been built up, but i got to do some of the fan mail here. Let's grab this. Uh, this comes from, uh, who does this come from? What's his name? Ben. Ben from Australia writes, Hello, Mr. Clary. I'm an 18-year-old that's still completing my year 12 studies in Australia. Just today I was offered an accountancy cadetship. Is that like internship? I knew, see, you Australians with your fortnights and your digger didgeridoos and your, your, your whatever the hell you call normal nouns, you, uh, cadetship. That's got to be internship, I'd imagine. In Sydney for a mid-tier firm while I study accountancy at university next year. I've been watching your videos for the past two years, and without your advice, I would not have this job, and I'd be going into something like business administration. You have saved me years of my life, taken the wrong path, and I'm extremely grateful, better than I could ever say to my career advisor, thank you. Well, thank you very much, but now let me read this again for those of you who, who hate me, who are jealous. It is hate and jealousy. There's a, a contingent of them, and I like to pick on them because they think asshole consulting is some kind of uh, bullshit, you know, like, oh, Aaron does just say major in STEM and join the military. I just wanted to point out that for probably what was 30 or $35, maybe $25 if you wanted an email, I'm going to read this again because I know you guys are jealous. I know you guys don't make anywhere near the amount of money that I do dispensing your wisdom and advice. I know you guys are sad and upset that you didn't come up with a concept like asshole consulting. And I wanted to show you that it actually is very much worth people's time and investment to hire me out for my opinion and advice. I call it wisdom, but you guys won't believe that. <clears throat> uh, I have been watching your videos for the past two years and without your advice, that means without your advice, that's my advice, your advice, you guys are I would not have this job, and I'd be going into something like business administration. You have saved me years of my life taking the wrong path, and I am extremely grateful, better than I could ever say to my career advisor. Thank you. Well, that, I'm not going to crumple up. I'm going to fold that one up. You can hear me folding it now. That's one side. That's the other side. Now we fold it over again into quarters. Now it's shorter, so I have to do it once. And then uh, I like to fold it into eighths. And the final ace, and that goes into the memento box. Do you, uh, do you gels? Do you guys have a memento box where people send you thank you letters and fan mails, and like you actually change their lives? Not like teachers. I want to change lives. I just want to change lives. Like, but you actually change it for the better. <laughs> I love it with teachers. I want to change lives. Oh, who the fuck are you to change lives? Who are you to change lives? Holy cow, this looks like a lengthy one. Sarah. Uh, well, let's strap ourselves. Sarah writes, Hello, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I was thoroughly enlightened and frustrated by your book, Curse of the High IQ. Actually, I do not hear that all the time. I um, I, uh, I, I don't get that much fan mail, and, and what fan mail I get is pretty like, Hey, thanks so much, asshole. Buttity, buttity, biddity, boo. Um, so I do appreciate this, Sarah. I'm turning 25 in two weeks, and I lived the first quarter century of my life believing I was always the problem, and that was never good enough. I've been in therapy since I was 14, but never tested for IQ until I was 23, and the doctor thought that maybe I had ADD, since no other medicine seemed to work. Well, ADD is not a real thing. It's not. I, now, I know one, one friend of mine who I absolutely trust and respect. I, I look up to him. He's kind of like a model, role model to me. He has a kid, and he, he insists that his kid has Asperger's. And that right there 
proved, okay, I'm like, all right, now I'll listen. Now I'll listen. I'm going to subscribe to the theory that maybe such things do exist, but they're infinitely rarer than all the fake diagnoses that the teacher, parent, big education, big pharma, industrial complex would like you people to believe so. Um, so it's not that I, I'd wonder how many, I wonder how many ADD cases and Asperger cases would go away if we controlled for absentee fathers or broken families, single parenthood and a uh, high IQ. I wonder what percentage of them would go away. And it's like, oh yeah, you're just really brilliant. And we're forcing you to sit in with a cesspool of normies or your dad isn't around and you have a, had a skewed up upbringing and you are displaying symptoms of ADHD or Asperger's or the autisms. Uh, but it's just that your dad was never around to kick your ass into shape. Uh, since no other medicine seemed to work. Turns out I scored a 131. Uh, that us after breaking down, that is after breaking down during every paper I ever tried to write and going to three different colleges because nothing seemed to be a good fit. In reality, I should have at least gone to Notre Dame as I'm from the area, but I didn't even apply because my mom said I would never get in. And if I did, it would be too hard for me. See, that's, it's like business. You know why business school was very hard for me? Because it was so stupid. You know why English and and, and uh, civics class and anything that wasn't math, what I, I scored very poorly in it because it was stupid. You can't view grades, good grades, as a measure of your mastery of something. It's it's more, does it match your speed? That's really what it is. Does it match your speed? Now, there are some people who are just outright stupid and dumb, or in my case, lazy, or just completely disinterested. That's it, too. But if you kept up with my speed, I would... Like, valence electron configuration, bam, got it. No problem. Molar conversions, chemistries, physics, boom. Calculus, boom, got it. Because it was at my speed. But telling me for the 18th freaking time the difference between an adjective and an adverb when that doesn't help me speak English any better or write any better from a, a truly inferior person called an English teacher, uh, that that you're going to get C's, D's, and, and occasionally, like me, an F. Uh, so I don't think your mom knows jack shit. And you probably would do really well in engineering. Uh, and if I did, it would be too hard on me. When I was 21, I gave up on everything and enlisted in the army in an attempt to throw my life away. Turns out drill sergeants aren't a fan of the smart private and are extremely irritable when proven wrong. But you see, okay, you're not there. Uh, you screwed up there. You just do what you're told in the military. That it's, it's the easiest thing. Just do what you're told. It might be physically commanding, might be physically difficult. Um, it might suck. Go patrol out in the cold for five hours. Uh, go get shot at. But it's it's pretty simple to do it in the military. Do what the guy who has more marks on his shoulder tells you to do. Uh, I failed in the endeavor because of scoliosis, not from a lack of trying since it was clear I was the smartest one there. Even when I told my therapist about the book, she said I was being judgmental. I'll tell your therapist the fuck up. Look, where's therapy gotten you so far? I'm for therapy in very rare instances, like emergencies or you have a, a genuine mental problem or you got you got there's something there's some threat, something bad's going to happen if you don't talk to a third party. But this, uh, oh, I got the ADHDs or something like your therapists, your therapists are worthless in that regard. Uh, how am I being judgmental if I know I'm the smartest person at my job, even in the HR 
manager admitted I was the smartest person there and yet continues to try and fire me for my lack of professionalism. Well, you got to be professional. Look, just because you have a high IQ doesn't give you the right to be a dickhead. You have to be cordial. You have to be civil. You have to play by the rules of whatever entity or organization that you, you wish to be a part of. You know, in church, you don't, you don't just start shitting in the pews because you're the smartest person. They kind of they frown upon that. Sing the damn hymns. Recite the goddamn Nicene Creed. Uh, uh, listen to the pastor. And then sing a couple more hymns written by people dead from 500 years ago. And then go shake the pastor's hand on your way out. Don't shit in the pews. The latest book by Aaron Cleary. However, everyone below me loves me because I get so much done and my head isn't up my ass. As much as my transitional job sucks, I have no ideas for a career. At least now I know that I'm not the one with the problem. Well, you you might have some social. You have to play well in the sandbox. I'm not always one for playing, you know, being a conformist, obedient automaton in the sandbox. But, you know, don't go whipping your high IQ dick around and smashing it in people's faces. It really is everyone who is stupid. Yes. Now that you know that, you don't be a jerk. It's nice to know that it's a fact and not just my judgmental opinion. Society is a piece of shit for leading me to believe that I am incapable of success. Absolutely. I was the CEO of an enterprise at my first college, and I was simply thrown into the job because they had no one else. Turns out I did a better job than anyone else, continually sold out the product, and was constantly pressuring the producers for more. But everyone said, oh, that's college, that's not the real world. But in reality, I was 19 and making minimum wage while still running a company better than the crap. I work for now. Here's to hoping I find my passion to pursue something real sometime soon. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. We will fold that. We'll fold it again. There's one. There's two. And there's three. All right, that goes over there. Oh, where's the next? All right, got this one up on the interwebs. Hamoon. Hamoon writes, hey, Aaron. You made a video for me a few months back while the communists waiting to own the means about about the communists wanting to own the means of production. I wanted to say thanks. Not just for that, though. Your book, Bachelor Pad Economics and Worthless, aside from being awesome to read, saved my ass. Once again, for, for what, $25 max, I saved people's ass. Saved this young man's ass. Again, remember, it's, it's just a scam here, guy. I'm just, I'm just running a bullshit artistry camp. That's all. Uh, thanks to you, I picked a good engineering degree, properly learned how to pick up girls, learned about economics, and becoming a real man. Awesome! Today in my professional practice and communications course, Compulsory for Engineers, they talked about critical thinking skills and global warming. It's, it's amazing how those two are mutually exclusive. I couldn't help but think of you telling my lecturer to shut the fuck up. I plan, to start, I plan on starting my own mass and physics tutoring business soon, and when I start making some cash, I'll pay for your thoughts on a cer- certain subject. Thanks again, Hamoon. Well, thank you, Hamoon. Look into, oh, what was the tutoring company I worked for? Wyzant. W-Y-Z-A-N-T. Um, I cannot uh, recommend those guys enough. I hope they're still in business, but um, that, was a, that was a sharp operation they had. And I used to tutor for them, and that helped out with a little bit of cash. In other words, why go through all that work if you're just going to offer your tutoring? Um, they got a really great network, at least, you know, this is five, six years ago. I'd look into that. Uh, I think I set my billing out at, like, the highest rate at $35 an hour. Maybe you could set it for higher or more. Uh, in other words, to save you time, you know, why set up your physics or tutoring business uh, when the, the system already exists and you're just looking to sell your skills? 
So that, yeah, and that's a great little way to make a little bit of cash on the side. But good to see that we prevented you from going down the path of touchy-feely leftist liberal arts. That, you know what? We're going to print that off. And guess what else, guys? Guess what else, Doubting Thomases, little gel girls and boys? That, this, this letter, you'll be able to hear the printer print firing up here. Let's wait for it. You hear it? When this freshly printed piece of paper comes off, I'm also going to fold that piece of paper and it will go into the memento box so that when I am old and in the nursing home and watching Bonanza. Oh, wait, it didn't print off all the way. Shit, hang on. I'm going to copy and paste it. That's what we're going to do. Anyway, so when I'm in the nursing home and... uh, I'm like, oh, I want to reminisce. Like, did I achieve anything? Did I did I accomplish something? Did I did I truly make a difference? Not the pussy liberal arts majoring teachers make a difference, but did I actually make a difference? And I'll look at it. I say, oh yeah, I did. Look, here's the empirical evidence and proof. Now I know you guys who are jealous and upset that I have a successful business and people tune in to me and I actually help them. I know you guys won't have anything in your memento box. Maybe you'll have like uh, your favorite uh, pictures of porn. Hang on, let's fold this again so you guys can hear it. Here's one half. There's another half. Fold it over into quarters. And there we go. There we go. There's the end. All right. Well, look at that. Three letters. Singing my praises. I know you guys won't have anything in your memento box. You'll just be like, ah! like I mean, what's it like to live your life jealous and pissed off at other people i guess that's what being a leftist is is like but i i think these people come from the right i'm starting to learn that that the the right is not that much different than the left like half the people who are quote unquote republicans are on the right are just as pathetic and sad as the left but the I, it's just what really you're upset that that people pay me to give them elderly brotherly advice that is so plainly needed in the world today. And you know what? I'm gonna archive uh, this one. We're gonna we're gonna not only have a physical print off. We're gonna have we're gonna put it in the digital uh, digital memento box. So let's just move that. Do I have archives? Archive. Here we go. Boom. Perfect. Uh, we, oh my gosh, guys, look, here's another one. Here's, is, is that four for today? Is that four? Hang on, I'm going to paste this into Word so I can print it off because apparently my printer doesn't like this one. Uh, is that going to fit on one page? Yes. Hi, Aaron. I want to send you a thank you. No, he's thanking me. Did you guys hear that? He's thanking me for the positive impact you've had on my life. This was originally going to be a request, but by the time I got to finish writing the first draft, I realized... I already had an answer. I'm 37, and my wife and I have five kids that she stays home to care for and homeschool. I traded a two-hour commute in Washington as a video game developer for a 10-minute commute writing test automation for a South Dakota-based bank. I dabble in writing, blogging, and game streaming as a side hobby, but was debating whether I should scrap that in favor of devoting my spare time to app development. Then I remembered that I don't enjoy uh, programming enough to do it as a side job, unlike writing. And I'm perfectly content with my short commute, steady job, used Harley, and sufficient income. Uh-oh. Dude, like, the Democrats in the corporate Americas and everybody who needs to live off of you, what, what are they going to... You, you got to you gotta plug yourself back into the matrix. 
You do not know. What are you going to be a father? Are you going to spend time with your children and your wife? What are you going to be? What are you going to be? Ward Cleaver and and your kids are going to grow up uh, well balanced and anchored. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying your kids aren't going to have illegitimate children that you and your wife are going to have to raise when you're in your fifties? How dare you, sir? How dare you? If I need to, I can always pivot into app development or whatever the sexy programming thing is when I need to make the switch. Until then, I'm going to use my precious spare time to do things that I enjoy and maybe build some kind of media legacy thing that can become a secondary income someday. So thanks for the clarity. I picked up Reconnaissance Man for my younger brother, and I'm looking forward to reading Poor Richard's Retirement this fall. Well, thank you. What is his name? What is his name? His name is... What is his name? Oh, his name's Aaron. I kept gliding over. I'm like, oh, this is this is my email. No, it's, his name is Aaron. Well, thank you, Aaron. I'm glad that uh, that we helped you out. And uh, did I print that off? No, I didn't print that off. Let's print that off. That didn't make a good sound. I'm 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 sorry, gel guy. I'm sorry, jealous people. I'm so sorry. Just it's so many. So much adulation, thanks, and praise. What, what's really got to piss you guys off is that it's earned. Like, I actually am helping these people. That's what's really got to piss you guys off. I know. If you ever go to the comments section in uh, the YouTube channel, you'll see these fake profiles that have zero followers, zero subscribers, or one follower subscriber. And I'm sorry, if I don't see your face, it doesn't mean anything to me. I really do believe that I understand for if you have a real profession, if you take various politically incorrect positions, I understand why you, why you need anonymity. But dude, if you're just going to troll, don't even don't even bother. I want I either want to see your face, I I, I want to know who the fuck you are. And then then if I know your background like okay, if Stefan Molnu came in and says, "Aaron, you're fucking up in this regard." I'm like, "Oh, wow, shit." Okay, Stefan Molnu or uh, Glendon Cameron or um, oh, who else? Uh, the great one himself, or Adam Piggott. Any one of these guys, you know, uh, Davis Arini, Beckloff came in. Hey, hey, you're fucking up in this regard. Okay, I know who these people are. They have a reputation. But you, you dickless, no-face avatar wonders. <laughs> I love it when I get advice on how to do asshole control. You know, you really ought to provide the links. Or you ought to do this. You ought to, yeah, you ought to shut the fuck up and go run your own damn business. And tell me who the fuck you really are. And then, then maybe, maybe I'll listen to you. But you guys who have cum encrusted on your hand because you're jerking off downstairs to to porn in your mom's basement. And you're going to tell me how to do shit. My God. All right, is that it? Is that it? Well, let's put this in the digital memento box. Let's move that to the archive. Uh, Something to share with your viewers. Uh, This one's too long. I do intend, uh, Jack, if you... um, I know you sent this to me quite some time ago, but I got, uh... Oh, oh, look, look, ladies and gentlemen, a fifth one. A fifth one. Who knew? Michael writes, no consult needed, just sending a note of thanks. I've been afflicted all my life from being more intelligent than my peers. Thank you for writing this book. I'm looking forward to reading it over my upcoming vacation week. Well, thank you very much, Michael. I think you will like that book, uh, Curse of the High IQ. Uh, I, should I print it off? Nah. The box of mementos and thanks and praise is getting pretty full. 
Do you have a full box of mementos, thanks, and praise? No, but you you got your, your world's best porn collection on a thumb drive, I'm sure. Okay, this, this, are these all requests? I think these are all requests. These are all requests. All right, good. So that's it for the... Uh, for the uh, for the uh, singing praise and fan mail, not getting a lot of hate mail. I should maybe I just got to read the comments. Is that what I should do? Is read the comments section? You know you want I'm sorry. Are you the one with this house paid off and could go ride a fuck? By the way, did I tell you? Did I tell you that if I wanted to, I could walk out of my house right now and go hike for two hours or two hours, two months, with a backpack with no particular direction at all. Did I, did I tell you that? I can do that. Did I tell you I'm not going to do that, though? Because this upcoming month, I got a month-long motorcycle ride I'm going to be doing, deadheading a motorcycle down to a place over in Vegas. But I'm going to take my time going through South Dakota and Wyoming and Colorado. I'm going to hang out in Moab, Utah, Grand Junction, Colorado. Did I, did I tell you guys that? Did I tell you that? This isn't for the regular listeners, I know. Oh, by the way, for the regular listeners, uh, keep in mind I might be coming out west. So if you guys are around, let me know. I haven't figured out an itinerary yet. I think it really is just going to be um, schedule-less, no itinerary. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have no plan. I'm just gonna go where, you know, where you going, cowboy Jim? I'm gonna go to some place, some place. I always wanted to go there, and then they ride off into the sunset, and the music plays. It's kind of like that, except I'll be on a motorcycle because horses are dangerous and evil. Uh, but don't be surprised if I'm wandering through your town. Um, it could be as far south as New Mexico. Don't think, I'm not a big fan of New Mexico. Not a big fan of New Mexico. Uh, it's just too deserty. It's, and frankly, the, the people are, you guys are trailer trash. Not all of you, I know, not everybody, but by God, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Can you guys just pick up the shit in your yard? New Mexico is basically North Philly, Broadway Street. It's just a bunch of losers that that leave trash and shit, maybe not in the front yard, but in the street. Burned out buildings. Uh, It it makes me wonder if it isn't, at least Wyoming, they pick up after themselves. At least they vacuum up the dried dried vomit on the the green shade carpet of of the trailer park over in Evansville, Wyoming. At least they do that. New Mexico, my gosh, what the hell, people? So I don't know if I'm gonna go to New Mexico. But anyway, for you jealous people, for you who, who, who wish to be me and you can't be me because it takes work and effort and you'd have to have a job and you have to leave your parents' basement and then you, you actually have to you know sacrifice and, and suffer under rigor and toil. You'd have to get experience and wisdom. You'd have to try. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I just uh, sorry for that segment with five. Five thank you letters. Terribly sorry. All right, some sponsors here. Uh, Praxy.com, if, if you want to piss off the gels, the losers, the wannabes, the, the ones who got their titties in a bundle because YouTube took their, their YouTube's money away, those type of people, they went in conniptions and convulsions because they thought they were actually going to live off of YouTube income. Uh, I, I make $2 a minute on Praxy. Now, I wish it was every day. It's not. It's a rare instance. But you can contact me on Praxy. What is Praxy, you ask? Well, Praxy is basically a way to talk to me directly over the phone. Uh, we could, It's like Face Chat or... No. Real, FaceTime. FaceTime, is that the thing? 
We can talk to each other over the phone. Um, you can see, we can do video, but uh, that just, it's like Skyping over the phone. That's a better way to put it. Skyping over the phone. Um, but if you do video, you have to have a really good internet connection. And so, regardless, the point is, if you need an emergency asshole consulting for whatever reason, contact me through the Praxy app. Nine out of ten times, I'll pick it up immediately. I'll stop whatever I'm doing and I'll pick it up um, because they haven't got a texting thing yet. Like it used, Once they develop this texting thing, you can text me and say, hey, are you going to be around for a Praxy around X time? We can kind of schedule an appointment. In the meantime, <clears throat> go ahead and contact me through Praxy. You can download it through uh, I, the iStore or the Google Play Store. And uh, that's if you need to contact me. But there's other services you might need. Like what if you got a plumbing issue or a computer problem? Well, you could pay a plumber. It's going to be a $100 minimum just to show up. Or you find a plumber on Praxy and you contact that person and you, with the camera on your phone, you show them your problem. And the dude will diagnose it or say, oh, yeah, I'll be right over. I know exactly what's wrong. Saves you a little bit of money. And then on the other side, if you happen to be like a tradesman or an expert or some weird blogging, podcasting guy that people seem to want to talk to, uh, you can offer your services through Praxy. You could set your, your minutely rate. I, I, I do the maximum at $2 a minute because I got enough shit going on. I have I, I don't need any. And so, and so if you are going to contact me, have your question ready. Don't hem and haw because it's going to be very expensive. I like to make money, but I don't like screwing you guys over either. Uh, so be very succinct and think it through. So uh, check out the Praxy app either as a user or a provider. Uh, something that everybody should be looking into, especially for those of you that want to start getting in and doing online internet work. So you could be a digital remote work location type of individual. The real Mark Baxter, Mark ba- realmarkbaxter.com, not markbaxter.com, therealmarkbaxter.com. Check him out. He's got a blog and a podcast. He's got Hustle. Um, found out that he was uh, a golfer too. And I said, oh, hey, look, I golf as well. He's like, oh, you're any good? I'm like, no, I'm horrible. This is the second time I've golfed. I suck. I'm only doing it because I'm incredibly bored and I got to get out of the house. That's the other thing with golf. I, I I know you guys are like saying, what, golf? I know. I used to, golf was, I could still understand where it's like, golf? Don't view it as a sport because it isn't. You got to view it as meditation, and that's what I use it for. <clears throat> You're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I refuse to golf with groups. I, I insist on going by myself. And it takes focus and practice, and you're more or less left alone. And you don't need someone to go do this with you. You know, pool, you got to play against somebody. Tennis, ping pong, you got to play against somebody. It's very sad. You hit the ping pong ball, it doesn't come back. Then you got to go to the other side, hit it back. It's like playing chess against yourself. It's very sad. So if you're like the old captain where all your friends are spread across the the world and you got to drive an hour and a half uh, just to see one of them, uh, golf might be something for those of you who, it's it's not, again, it's not, you're not going to be like, wow, I'm playing golf. It's kind of like, meditative um i'd put it more on par with yoga for girls uh, except golf would be for guys and it's not when you get a little bit of exercise you're walking around don't get a golf cart costs way too much um but yeah if you just want to get out there and chill out and relax uh maybe i could go golf in the rain that might be something to consider how many of these old fucks with their cigars and their beer swelling? I mean, that's the other thing. You don't want to get behind these drunk retired guys, bankers, dude bros, old dude bros, 
Look out, oh, I sunk the ball in the hole with my putter. <laughs> that better be Ann Margaret's hole. <laughs> if you want to avoid that. Maybe I could do that. That'd scare them all. Anyway, so Mark Baxter golfs. And I said, hey, by the way, I picked up golfing. And by picked up, I mean I've played twice. And he's like, are you good? And I'm like, no, I'm horrible. Uh, but check him out. He's a single father, uh, busting his ass off, going through the trials and tribulations of making it uh, independent. He uh, he went rogue. He went totally independent, quit his job and everything, but then he went back, I think, because he was bored out of his mind, which I keep warning you guys about, that this this will happen. You will get to this utopia. You will get to this nirvana. Just you wait. You'll be like, ah, now what? Oh, there's how many few people here that can do this? I've I've even stopped. I've stopped calling. I'm like, hey, do you, I don't even ask. I don't even ask. Hey, you want to get dinner? Hey, you want to go golf? Hey, do you want to live life? Hey, do you want to do something? No, I want to sit here and get fat and die. And watch my wife get fat and die after me because women die after men do. And then I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to do stuff that everybody else does. And my life is going to be boring and the same as everyone else's, even though I say it's going to be the same or different. All right, enough complaining. Let's move on. So anyway, check out Mark Baxter, realmarkbaxter.com. Have you used my Amazon affiliate program to buy your stuff? If you haven't, please... Get into the good habit of doing all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. There's nothing different. You don't log in. You don't sign in. There's none of that stuff. All you do is you go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You click on the Amazon banner. That takes you to the Amazon site, but it tells Amazon you came from my site. So anything you buy during that shopping session, I get a 7% commission and cut. doesn't cost you anything more. It's just my my cut I get uh, for sending uh, traffic to Amazon. And if you can, do all your shopping, as much online shopping as you can. It's a way to help out, help me out if you want to support me, but you don't really have a use for any of my regular sponsors' wares. Amazon Affiliate Program is the place to go and be. If you get into the good habit of going there, that's the thing, is the habit. I don't know how many people that are like, well, I didn't know you had this Amazon Affiliate Program. Oh, I, I literally, one guy, well, I spent $11,000 on building supplies. I forgot to use your Amazon Affiliate Program. I'm like, oh, that was only like $800? Asshole. Well, I'm real sorry. Yeah, so am I. So it's to get into the habit. Bookmark the thing. Do whatever you got to do. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner and then go there. Then we have my books, Reconnaissance Man. That's a must. I don't know what to do in life. I don't know if I should be going to college. I I don't know if I like this thing after college. I don't know if this is my right. Go get Reconnaissance Man and read it. It is mandatory reading for every man. If there's like, let's put it this way. If you got a question as to what to do in life, please get that book. Please. Not that long of a read, but a good read nonetheless. The Black Man's Guide to Poverty. Uh, that obviously is for black men who want to get out of poverty. So I just simply say black men who demand better. I think pretty much everybody, Kojak, I, I, I don't even know if Kojak needed it. Uh, but I think pretty much what we got, O'Shea, Kojak, Marcus. I bet you Glendon always tunes in every once in a while. Obsidian. That's the problem. If you're too, if you're like a not a leftist black guy, there's a pretty damn good chance you're out of poverty. <laughs> it's if you figured that out, you're like ah, I'm not gonna do any of that. Uh, fuck that shit. You probably don't really need the book. But if you happen to have a younger brother, if you happen to have a good friend, don't tell me you black guys don't have black friends who are all swallowing whole this leftist poppycock Jesse Jackson bullshit. Uh, although you might lose you, you might lose him as a friend if you give him that book. 
But uh, please go ahead, get the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. If not for yourself, but for somebody you actually care about and you want a, a young black gentleman or old black gentleman to get out of poverty. Bachelor Pad of Economics, that's for everybody. That's for Kojak, Miguel, anybody with a dick. Uh, that's for every man. And it is for women, too. Ladies, you can read it as well. I just don't think you're going to like it because it's got math and facts and reality and, and empiricism and more facts and tells you you got to work hard and to get ahead you have to sacrifice and i know that's that's not as sweet as sell as the chocolate maraschino with jimmy's on top and butterscotch sauce sunday that the democrat parties and feminism are serving up to you but if you want to have success and actually be happy in life you could get bachelor pad economics worthless the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major that's available for everybody please Boys and girls, but especially girls. I, I cannot emphasize enough how big education wants to fuck you over and screw you over. You are their biggest uh, victim. You're their biggest target. They want you to sign away on $100,000. They, they keep telling you you got to get a master's degree, and they keep propagating it, bragging about how women now have more degrees than men. That Degrees in what? Degrees in what? And at what cost? It cost you, what, seventy-five grand undergrad, another seventy-five grand for masters, uh, then two years maybe interning and finally maybe get around, and then by the time that you're thirty, thirty-one, your eggs are dried up. You've passed up on all your beauty. No man wants it. I mean, you've you've lost what really matters in life, and that's uh, uh, family, loved ones, and kids. If you want them, so please, everybody, if you're about to go to college, you you know someone. Again, a lot of this is if you know somebody, because I I've been dealing. My friends' kids have now started getting into the age of teenage years. And I, I optimistically, I was foolish. I admit it, I was optimistically foolish. Ah, that's what you get for being an optimist, Claire. You get punished. Just. I was thinking, okay, now they're going to listen. You know, now's about the time. I, I, I thought I could actually help these kids. It was really, it's kind of sad now that I think about it. I'm thinking, like, hey. You should get a job, and hey, you should focus on work, and here's the reasons why, and, and they just don't listen. They're buried in their phones. They go off and do it, and I know that's what teenagers do, but I thought I, since I wasn't the parent, you know, I wasn't the lame-ass parent, they might actually, you know, and they don't. They just don't. <clears throat> I think school beats the ever-living shit out of their brains That because that's what happened to me. Like Parents could have told you, and that's the sad thing. It could be, it could have been that my parents or some adult in the past tried to reason with me and tried to tell me, but I was so worn out, mentally exhausted, defeated, and disenchanted with all the bullshit that adults were telling me, teachers and parents included, that by the time you're 13 or 14, you're totally tuned out. You're not going to listen to them. You know, out of the of the 999 lies and bullshit and crap uh, your elders told you, oh, then that one time they tell you the truth that really matters, you probably were completely tuned out. And I think that's what happened to these kids. You look at them, their eyes are kind of dead. You're like, hey, this is, you gotta, look, your life will be a lot easier. You can avoid the suffering and pain that I had to go through. You could, you could have what I have like a full 15 years earlier. No, they don't, they just, it won't get through to them. Still, if you would, maybe try. That way, that way, at least you have proof. You have evidence. Like the kid, look, maybe that's the real reason you should buy it worthless for a loved one or a younger person that you care about in, in your life, you know, family or not. You could say, 
Here's this book. Remember this book I gave you when you were 15 years old? Well, did you read it? Well, read it now, you 25-year-old fucking loser. And tell me if that would have solved your fucking... Don't tell me I didn't try to help you. I tried to help you. You turned it away. You turned it down. And that way they might listen to you while there's still some time to salvage their life. I would have gladly taken advice at 25. Gladly. But see, now that I think about it, I don't think anyone really did. I really don't think that, that, that the, quote, adults, your elders... They weren't elders. They are just people who happened to be older than you. They weren't wiser. They themselves are just getting out of their second or third or fourth or fifth divorce. Like, oh, well, now we have half-siblings, and now I gotta need a, I need a fucking crazy supercomputer to keep track who's step, who's half, who's quarter. Do I buy Christmas gifts for this uh, uh, father-in-law? Do I buy Christmas gifts for this half-brother? What are the rules on that? The rule, by the way, is they're either full-blood and even then, you don't even get them gifts unless they deserve it. They got to be a full blood relative. You don't, otherwise, you don't owe them shit. Not that you hate them. It's just, it's like, no, 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 I'm not, no. <laughs> no. Could you imagine if Wally and Beaver uh, were separated? One went to live with mom, and then one went to live with dad. And then uh, Ward married some washed up single mom and, and like, you know, was Captain Save a Ho. And then uh, June just married some rich, inv- you know, like 68-year-old investment banker, you know, because she had to settle for the money because she really didn't have, like, a skill. She wasn't an engineer. And these guys brought in the, the kids, and the, the other kids, like, would beat the shit out of Wally and a beaver. They'd beat them up. And then that would be, like, the modern-day Leave it to Beaver. All right. Um, Doody-doody-doo. Okay, enjoy the decline. That's accepting and living with the death of the United States. Curse of the high IQ. I don't know if you knew this or not, but most of the fam today was from very smart people who really appreciated the book. If you are a really smart people, maybe you might also really appreciate the book. Get the book, Curse of the High IQ. It will provide you sanity. It may not provide you solutions, but it will provide you sanity. And that's better than, than living your life as you are now. So go, please go ahead and get that book. Uh, and then if you would be so kind... Review these books online, vote them up on Amazon, that helps sell things. But yeah, just spread the good word. Just tell people about it. If you like it, tell people. Uh, we got that. Then we have other people's books. We have The Economics of Catholic Subsidiarity, written by James DePrisco. You can find him at jamesdeprisco, D-E-P-R-I-S-C-O.com. He's got a podcast, he's got a blog, but then he's got the book, Catholic Economics of Catholic Subsidiarity. Uh, we have Ron Guts Pull Cones by Adam Piggott and his other book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Uh, we have The Pericles Conspiracy by Michael Kingswood. Uh, we have Nix's Guide to the Multiverse by Marty Andrade. Carrie Lutz's Viral Podcasting. Uh, you can find him at FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Roel Tomasi's new book, uh, The Rational Male, Positive Masculinity. I think that is the, uh, th- well, I don't think it is his third book, but I think it's also the a compilation like his previous two books. So if you want, listen to your elder father figure. And Marcus Brown, my God, Marcus Brown. Look, he was, I was going to start calling him Brian from Family Guy because Marcus has been writing this book ever since I've known him. And every once in a while I swing into Chicago, I say, how's that book? Oh, yeah, and then if a black man could blush, he would. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really, huh? It's going to write itself, right? Uh, It's amazing how those words like mold just spawn themselves into a book. 
Well, uh, that little that little guy, he got uh, he got cracking, and he wrote the book. He finished the book, and uh, had Jen Loken edit it and everything. And the title of the book is "Another Book Niggas Ain't Gonna Gone Read," and you have to spell it right. It's another book, niggas, not niggers, niggas, N-I-G-G-A-S, ain't gone read, not gonna or going to gone read. Uh, and man, the artwork was done by RJX, RJ Jones. Uh, he did the artwork for Enjoy the Decline. And it's, if anything, just take a look at the cover. The cover is fucking hilarious and bold as fuck. Uh, because it, it, I don't, now poor Marcus, he's going to catch flack from the standard rank and file leftist black saying he's an Uncle Tom and blah, blah, blah. But uh, for those of you who happen to be uh, uh, black listeners, I think it's this isn't a, a black man's got out of poverty. I think it's more um, not as instructional but more philosophical. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I ordered it. Thanks for letting me know, by the way. It was published, Marcus. <clears throat> that boy, I tell you sometimes, I just... Guy hasn't seen Die Hard. He hasn't seen Indiana Jones. He hasn't seen any movie. You give him the book. I've given him. i like, here's Die Hard. Go watch it. The dude fell asleep. He, he's got the ability. He has the ability to do it, but the follow-through is horrible with this kid. And I'm like, uh, you didn't tell like uh, one of your more prominent blogger type of people that, you know, maybe I could market this for you? I have an intellectual interest in it. Why didn't you let me, you know, he's, what he did is he said he got, he got the, um, the proof copy. I'm like, cool, he's got the proof copy, but I knew you had to approve it on top of it. He didn't tell me what was available. He didn't provide no links. He didn't send it out. You just shake your head. Me and his mom, his his mom is a very sweet woman. I actually, we, we Facebook back and forth. And I, and, because uh, he's kind of like a younger brother to me. And I, I contact his mom every once. I'm like, what the hell is with your boy? And, and she's like, I, I know. <laughs> I know. This is the same kid. Look it up. Atham, pull it up. No, I want, no, forget just Atham. I want everybody. Everybody, you go, I'm going to go and grab myself a soda water. I want everybody to fire up their computers or pull up your cell phones. And I want you to pull up a map, road map, from Chicago, Illinois, to Ten Sleep, Wyoming. Ten Sleep is one word. Ten Sleep, Wyoming. You guys go ahead and look at it. I'm going to give me a water. I'll be back here in a second. Okay, now, I told Marcus, he, said, he says, I'm going to go out west. What should I see? Great sage Aaron Clary, who's lived out there. I'm like, okay, you're going to hit this, you're going to hit that. And I tell him, you got to get to Ten Sleep Canyon, which is just to the east of the town of Ten Sleep. I say, and then after that, you, you get over the mountain range, you go through the canyon, then it turns back into kind of like a basin or a prairie. It's not terribly exciting. And yeah, there's plenty more. You could drive another three hours, you make it to Yellowstone or the Grand Tetons, but you don't have the, the budget or the time, so you're going to have to turn around and go back. But you, you out, of, out of everything, basically, literally, out of everything to the east 
of Yellowstone National Park, Ten Sleep Canyon, in my humble opinion, is the most beautiful thing to see. Right? That is the most beautiful thing to see. And I say, if you can make it that far, you're just going to be amazed. So now what I want everybody to do is zoom in on Ten Sleep. So where you see Highway 16 there. And if you could, now I know it's becoming a little bit more complicated, but if you can switch to a topographical map so you can see where the actual canyon is, Marcus Brown drove. He told me, I said, well, he says, well, I had to turn around. I didn't make it to 10 Sleep Canyon. I said, well, how far did you make it? Did you make it to Buffalo? He says, yeah, I made it to Buffalo. I said, did you make it into the Bighorn Mountains? He says, yes, I made it into the Bighorn Mountains. I'm like, now keep in mind, 10 Sleep Canyon is only like 45 minutes from Buffalo. I'm like, well, well you made it into the, to the mountain range, how how far away were where'd you turn around? And he said he turned around by the exit to Ten Sleep Lake. Now I don't know if that's on your map. He was two hundred yards away, two hundred fucking yards away from where Ten Sleep Canyon began. He had to make one more turn, and it was downhill. I know this because I've biked it. It's downhill from where he was. To get the 10 sleep, and he turned it. So he went all that. Now zoom back out. That that boy went all the way from Chicago, Illinois, to within 200 yards of 10 sleep canyon, and then turned around and went all the way back. And 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 that's Marcus Brown. That's Marcus Brown. He will frustrate you. You will be shaking your head. You're gonna need a neck brace because you're shaking your head so much because you you're just like you, you what? You fell asleep and die hard. What 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 do you? Anyway, so this this Yahoo wrote a book. If that's not a good enough sell to see the mind of a guy like that, you you really got to figure out what's in this guy's mind. So anyway, I found out, oh, it is for sale. So I bought it. It's coming in the mail. I'll be reading it and reviewing it later. Uh, but if it is my, well, it's got, it's got five stars all around uh, for five reviews. I'm just waiting for the, for the haters to come in and, um, and start voting it down. But... Uh, if you guys trust Marcus as an individual and you're like, oh, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Go ahead and order the book. But if you want me to read it first and wait for a review, go ahead uh, and I will. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? All right. You all by now know about the University of Georgia, I believe, professor. Because all of you said, hey, you see, he's saying kids can, uh, they can assign their own grades. They're going to sign their own grades. And I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Nothing surprises me anymore. Uh, one of my favorite shows to listen to is, is Garage Logic, a podcast. Well, not a podcast, radio show. Um, and what's charming and cute and precious and endearing about old media is how they're, they're so late to the game. They're so shocked. So this, look, I've been on the worthless degree thing for over a decade now. I, I've, I've known about worthless degrees. I tried tolling and sounding the alarms. Uh, and now, now, conservative media. This isn't mainstream. This is conservative. Now they're finally getting, hey, something's fishy over at the universities. Well, no, that's not right. My gosh, something, we ought to do something about it. Something ought to be done. It's like, did you vote Republican? Yeah. Well, then that's all you could really do. That really is all you could do. I mean, parents could stop sending their kids to worthless colleges. Kids could start taking a vested interest in their own education, but we know that's not going to happen. So I find it, I find it a very entertaining shit show. It's, it's, I, I'm almost envious. I wish I could get in on the, on the deal. You know, I wish I came up with the idea of like DeVry or Phoenix University. 
Well, there's some good news. I'm not going to review that, but I am going to review. This is this is kind of nice. From uh, online Athens, I presume Athens Banner Herald, uh, UGA says no to professors' plan to let students grade themselves. I am th- the news here is not the ha ha this worthless dickless professor uh, who should be just ashamed of himself as a human being. Not only a professor, but a human being. Uh, the real news here is that. Sanity prevailed at academia. Like the deans or who are the administration actually says no, we're going to have standards. And that's that's the real news here. Uh, University of Georgia students hoping to grade themselves in a business course won't get to do so after all. University officials forced the professor of the class to remove his stress reduction policy from his webpage. Now, I, uh, Rick Watson, the Terry College of Business, says J. Rex Fakwa, distinguished chair of internet strategy. Now, I looked him up. Uh, he has about a year and a half real-world working experience. He does have a STEM degree, uh, but he has largely been in academia since I've been born. Uh, so this guy is your standard, never set the tip of his dick into the real world. Uh, he's He is so far removed from reality. And I will say he is probably an inferior person. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with this person. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to have a conversation with him. I certainly would not ha- have a class with him. Uh, so, I mean, no, th- this is this is nothing new or exciting. It's completely to be expected. I'm just shocked, shocked that the administration came down and says, no, we're going to have grades. Uh, Rick Watson, the Terry College of Business's J. Rex Fakwa. You guys all know, right? Terry College of Business right up there with Wharton in, in Chicago. Distinguished chair for internet strategy, even though he's never worked in the private sector for quite some time, promised in the policy that students could grade themselves if they found tests or other aspects of the fall semester courses unduly stressful. Students could also drop out of work group work if they found that too stressful. The policy was widely ridiculed and it, as it exploded across social media and news sites Monday after reporter Andrew Gakowski featured it in an article on the Campus Reform website. Articles appeared under headlines such as University of Georgia allows students to choose their own grades and College of Pieces entitled students with stress policy regardless of grades. The stories also attracted ridicule from online commenters. Watson's policy also told students that all tests and exams could be open book and open notes, including the material if they could find including material they could find on laptop computers and that all exams will be designed to be completed in half the allotted time for most students. My God. Just. I now know why you millennials don't have bones. You just have rubber. That's why your arms are all limpy. That's why you have very, very thin, gingerly fingers. I'm talking the boys. I mean, are you, do you guys have pubes? I want to know. Like, for what percentage of college boys have pubes nowadays? I'm curious. I, I bet you, you know, there's there must have been like a percentage you know, delayed puberty. I, it's got to be triple now. In addition, tested exams would be designed to allow low-level mastery of the course material according to the policy. But that's not going to happen according to the dean of UGA's Terry College of Business. Rest assured that this ill-advised proposal will not be implemented in any Terry classroom, wrote Dean Benjamin Ayers. Here's a full text of Ayers' statement released by the university Tuesday. A recent online report published a syllabus that a Terry College of Business professor had placed on his website. The syllabus stated that his grading policy would allow students inappropriate input 
into the assignment of their own grades. I want you to know that the syllabus did not conform with the university's rigorous expectations and policy regarding academic standards for grading. I've complained I've explained this discrepancy to the professor, and he has removed the statement from his syllabus. Rest assured that this ill-advised proposal will not be implemented in any Terry classroom. Are you sure? Ah, it doesn't matter. Business is a worthless degree anyway. Watson, here we go. Watson has taught at UGA since 1989 and is recognized as a leading scholar in database management, information systems, and environmentally sustainable. What I don't under... Then where was his work record? I looked through his CV. Resume for us Americans, for us for us uh, colonials. Uh, the dude hasn't worked a real job unless he didn't put it on there. I know we, we got a lot of uh, vaginas in the slings when I, I ripped apart Dr. Jordan Peterson for not working in the real world. And then the, uh, the I can't say the fanboy. Some people came at legitimately and say, hey, actually, the guy does have a lot of work. It's like, well, where the fuck? That should be up front and center. But I'm, I'm going to bet that this guy has not worked since, uh, since I didn't have pubes. He also started Globe, the Global Text Project, which gives students, especially in developed com- countries, access to dozens of open source free textbooks. So what? Uh, so I didn't say. All right, so you think, now when I was researching this, I wanted to find out uh, who was that professor that, you know, uh, college with no grades. So when I searched for it, holy shit, guys. <laughs> Forget this one professor. Here's an article. Ten colleges without letter grades. And if this isn't a list of colleges that are infected with syphilis, gonorrhea, and herpes, I don't know what is. And you'll recognize some of these colleges, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so starting from ten going up, uh, one Reed College. Right. Reed College differentiates the grading systems from that of conventional colleges by identifying the negative pressure that the traditional grading system has on students and eliminating it from their school. Reed College still records a conventional letter grade for every student, but the grades are not distributed to the students. What? Well, why record them at all? The rationale is that students can then focus on intellectual and academic pursuits instead of aiming for just a letter grade. The exception to this system is for students who have unsatisfactory grades, which is a C- minus or below. Oh, I forget. Okay, New College of Florida. They don't even have a picture of the college up. They got a picture of some chairs sitting in front of a beach. Looks like uh, Tampa Bay. I'm not sure. New College of Florida students must complete seven contracts, each one being written assignment each semester to establish criteria for success. Typically, each contrast, contract will have three to five academic activities such as internships and independent study projects to enhance aspects of a student's education. Oh, fucking bullshit. You know, I, I thought pablum and, and pointless uh, verbosity would just kind of keep itself to women's studies and sociology and, and other bullshit made-up fraudulent fields. But now it's getting into, into business schools and just colleges in general. The grades are replaced with narrative evaluations provided by professors, which are believed to be more helpful because it gives faculty a better understanding of each student. It also translates into a more personal and detailed recommended blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, number eight. Guess what, guys? Have we heard of this college before? Evergreen State College. Instead of A through F letter grades, the academic progress of students is measured with narrative evaluations provided by teachers. Do you see a repeating phrase, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, 
since oh here's here's what's funny. This is what's funny. Listen to this. Evergreen State College equates the system of grading with receiving a letter of recommendation for every class since prospective employers can get a better idea of strengths and abilities of the prospective employers. No one is going to hire from Evergreen State College. No one's saying, no legitimate employer. Look, and I know you guys all over at Evergreen through little hang out, man. Like you're really cool, and you think you're liberal, and and Google and Yahoo and all the and all the uh, Seattle employers, Boeing and Microsoft are going to hire you. Not after the shit show that just happened six months ago. You will have no real employers going to hire you, even though they may say that all oh, the corporate social responsibility. Oh, we're here to help out, and we're gonna we look to hang on diversity. Da, da, da. Deep down inside, they know they got to make the money. And they are not going to hire... You guys are worse than worthless. You're damaging. You're threatening. You're dangerous. And not in a sexy way. I mean, like, you're going to sue them. Like, you'll bring a lawsuit to the to the company. You're, you're going to be a complete liability to them. And so no one... Prospective employers. Prescott College. <clears throat> Prescott College is a major engineering powerhouse. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a private liberal arts college that aims to emphasize self-direction and internal learning through the grading system. Well, why even offer a college if it's self-direction and internal learning? Why don't you just have an online school and have people self-educate and you award degrees if they test out of it? Oh, that's right. Then your professors wouldn't have jobs and your deans wouldn't have money. The structure of grading involves narrative evaluation for professors that details. A narrative evaluation always, you know what, let's look this term up. This is a new one. This is new leftist speak. Wow, it already pulls up. Oh, rubric. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember they came up with rubric? It's even got a Wikipedia. Holy cow. Oh, and here's a list where they, all the all the colleges, oh, there's way more. There's like a list of 20. Alverno, Antioch, Bennington, Bard, Brown, Burlington, California Institute of Integral Studies, College of the Atlantic, College of Creative Studies, the Evergreen State College, Fairhaven College, Goddard College, Hampshire College, (coughs) Johnson Center for Integrative Studies, Marlboro College, the New College of Florida, New St. Andrews College, Northeastern University School of Law. Hey, hey. You tier one, uh, you you uh, you big time law uh, school uh, law firms. Huh? Who's going to hire from Northeastern University of Law, Oxford University, Prescott College, Quest University, Canada, Reed College, University of Michigan Residential College, St. John's College, uh, Sarah Lawrence College, Soka University of America, University of California, Santa Cruz, University of Washington Community Environment and Planning, and Yale Law School. Holy shit! In education, narrative evaluation is a form of performance measurement and feedback which can be used as an alternative or supplement to grading. Narrative evaluations generally consist of several paragraphs of written text about a student's individual performance and coursework. The style and form of narrative evaluations vary significantly among educational institutions, so it's not standardized. Of course, there's there's no... Uh, these aren't finite integers of numbers that are being uh, used to measure you. So I guess it... it it has to vary significantly. There is not going to be a standard. And they are sometimes combined with other performance metrics, including letter and number grades and pass-fail designations. My God, how much have we lowered the bar for you fucking millennial fucks. 
Number six, Fairhaven College of Interdisciplinary Studies. Right there. Interdisciplinary Studies is not a thing. Western Washington University. Uh, instead of an A to F grading system, students at Fairhaven University evaluate their own performance for their college courses. See, they're not even doing narrative evaluation. They're just letting you grade yourself. This self-evaluation is combined with a faculty member's narrative assessment. Okay, there it is. Blah, blah, blah. Alverno College. Personal approach. Receive a narrative. Narrative is all over. They just keep repeating narrative. Sarah Lawrence College. This looks like a really expensive place for your precious little princess to piss away your money, father. Sarah Lawrence College, is, a college uses a grading system which combines conventional letter ga- grades with written evaluation by faculty of a student's work. While the conventional grading system is kept in place for external purposes, the system of writing evaluations is nevertheless an important part. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Number 14 students. Conferences one-on-one. Antioch University. Now, this one you might know because it went belly up. And then they came back, and I, I don't know. I think their dean. I, I did an analysis on this a long time ago. Their dean is just some leftist fuck. Oh, that, that's not really surprising. What was it? Hang on. Let me look this up. Oh, that's right. It was originally a um, it was originally a a religious school. Uh, after its doors closed, uh, okay. This was the college that had the sexual conduct. Like, you had to get permission. They even skewered this at Saturday Night Live where you had to ask for permission for each stage of um, advancement. Like, oh, can I hold your hand? Can I do this? Can I do that? Um, this is in 2011. Oh, the spearhead is gone. All right, I linked to the spearhead. It is no more. Yeah, it, the short version is there's there's more stench coming from Antioch College than you think. Hampshire College. And then Brown University, which, if I recall, isn't Brown University a ranked college? Like, it's a decent one? This shows you, look, Yale Law School doesn't have grades anymore. And Harvard, I, I don't care if it, the Ivy League or not, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Brown University has a unique grading system which students can choose which grading system they are participating in. Students can opt to be graded under the conventional grading system, but there are only grades of A, B, or C. (laughs) There are no plus or minus in the grades. There's no grade D, and failing grades in class are not recorded at Brown. Well, why? Well, of course, because precious little princes and princesses, they can't have their feelings hurt. Uh, On the other hand, students can also opt for pass-fail written evaluation from their instructor. What's it like being like, let's say you have your head screwed on straight. You're one of the professors at these places that has, you're, you're a Dr. Jordan Peterson. You're a Professor Caliendo, rest his soul. He unfortunately passed away way too early. You're one of these people <clears throat> that 
is intellectually honest. You're not insane. What's that like? That's got to be a pain in the ass to, uh, to babysit, to lie, to pamper these little... See, now I figured it out. I did my one semester at the bullshit school, and then I learned to play the game. And I... <clears throat> At one time, I had a soul, but life kicked it on me. Don't say like, oh, Aaron, you chose it. No, 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 no. This is the rules. This is how we're going to play. If this is what's going to be needed to be surviving, okay, fine. I'll play by the rules. I learned you just pass all the kids. You you lower the standards. You make it very easy, and you make it fun. All right? It's like teaching kindergarten. That's why I figured out most colleges. It's just like teaching kindergarten. We're going to make snowflakes and finger painting, and we're going to draw on the chalkboard. Yay! You're all good economists. Yay! You leave one or two or three good things in there. So like uh, the, the, the one or two and a half legitimate students that really want to learn, they can learn something. But especially on these liberal arts colleges, look, you got to know it's all bullshit, right? You got to know it's all BS, even the business co- business school, business classes. So just, just pass them. Just collect your money and pass them. I can <clears throat> side with the professors. What the hell is that? No. I can side with the professors if you know what you're doing. I could say with like you tried once or twice, like fuck it, this is what they want us to do. But when you just when you just get rid of grading, like look, just give them A's and B's, all right? Uh, just just play the game. You gotta have some kind of like plausible deniability. Just get you. Well, I'm gonna be real friendly with the students. We're just gonna pass you. You can make your own grades. Or we don't do A, B, C, and D. Then you advertise to the rest of the world that you guys aren't even trying. But, you know, at least you say, well, we got AB, we have a GPA system. Oh, oh, they're legitimate. And then then underneath could be all the rot in the world you want, as long as you get your money. All right. Well, related from campus reform, social justice warriors are ruining engineering, Professor Warns. Uh, Engineering education has been infiltrated by a phalanx of social justice warriors who are steadily corrupting the field, according to the Michigan State University professor. They've sought out the soft underbelly of engineering, where phrases such as diversity and different perspectives and racial gaps and unfairness and unequal outcomes make up the daily vocabulary, asserts mechanical engineering professor Indrick Weichmann in an essay published Wednesday by the James G. Martin Center. Instead of calculating engine engine horsepower or microchip power size ratios or aerodynamic lift and drag, the engineering educationists focus on group representation, hurt feelings, and microaggressions in the profession, Weichmann says. Citing the Purdue University School of Engineering as a case. Oh, yeah, that's where they they hired a gal to be their dean, and she has no real-world working experience. She's not an engineer. She's some touches-feely uh, uh, social justice warrior. Um, as a case study, Weichmann claims that engineering education schools increasingly focus on concepts that are incompatible to, with the actual discipline, such as empowering students and reimagining engineering as a more socially connected field of study. For the record, engineers empower themselves and, most important, other people by inventing things, he points out. Those things are agents of change. Weichmann goes on to highlight the ambitious agenda of Dr. Donna Riley. I think this is the gal, the recently appointed dean of Purdue's engineering school, is an example of the extent of social justice infiltration in the school. According to her faculty page, Riley aims to revise engineering curricula to be relevant to a fuller range of student experiences 
and career destination by incorporating concerns related to social responsibility, focusing on decentering Western civilization, and uncovering contributions of women and other underrepresented uh, groups. In addition, she has taught classes addressing topics like racist and colonialist projects in science and using feminist and post-colonial science studies to study engineering issues. See, I there's no ism of any variety or kind in engineering. It's math. You want to talk about something that is truly, I was going to say, not racist or not sexist, uh, impossible to be racist or sexist, that would be math and science. There's nothing, not, not one letter, not, not one word can be written about race and sex and, and science and math. It, it just isn't. It, it is what it is. It, ah, I know, Aaron, you're, you're operating from the premise that this gal actually believes her own shit, which she doesn't. Riley's purpose seems now not to be how to best train new engineers, but to let everybody know how bad engineers have been, which many remarks, reminding readers that this is just one example of the creeping influence of social justice theory and engineering. In an interview campus with campus in an interview with campus reform, Wichman opined that social justice issues have no place in technical science-based education, <clears throat> which he believes should function solely on the basis of merit and ability. The door to engineering is open to everyone, just as the floor of the basketball court is open to everyone, or applying to the Navy SEALs is open to everyone, he argued. The question is, are you good enough? In fact, he even suggested that effort to efforts to prevent microaggressions or teach about bias might be redundant for engineers since treating people with respect is already ingrained in the engineering curriculum. I'm just, I don't, you, I'm being serious. You should never hire an engineer uh, from Purdue's uh, School of Edu- uh, Engineering. You just should, because I, I want my bridges not to collapse. I want my trains not to be derailed. I want all the engineers to study math and physics and metallurgy and chemistry and 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 uh, uh, whatever else goes into engineering. I don't want them studying woe is meism and bullshit. I, I'm almost kind of wondering, like, hey, did I'm going to ask, did you have any University of Purdue engineers work on this? Okay, we don't want that. But I, I, are the kids going to go to Purdue? Because that's where dad went. That's what I went. Are they still going to line up like the sheep? If, if you're thinking about majoring in engineering and you're dumb enough to go to Purdue, you deserve this bullshit. You deserve it. Uh, in fact, even suggested, one does not graduate from a quality engineering program without learning that behavior, interpersonal relations, manners, and especially communications that are crucially important, he explained, adding that the foundation of a communication is respect. But under the new paradigm of college campuses, white males have the biggest targets on the back, according to Wichman, who noted the irony of of this in his interview. Interestingly, this very segment produces by far the most of our engineers, and judging by what we have accomplished, they have done a damn good job. Uh, why do these ideologues want to run them down? Wichman, who taught engineering for more than 30 years, worrying that worries that the growing influence of social justice in engineering programs could have major consequences for the field, such as mass exodus of students who do not wish to be indoctrinated. Shit! Just talk about lecture to having their time pissed away. I mean, I gotta imagine this guy be some minorities. There. I want to become an engineer. I want to make money. You know, Atham, he's one of them. You know, 
I know he'd be pissed off as fuck. What? Oh, another another class. Another class. I thought my prerequisites was enough about hate whitey and all the oppression and the colonials and all this other but But I got to deal with it in my engineering. Imagine that. Regardless of your race or gender. You finally get through those two years of bullshit classes you got to take to keep worthless professors in the liberal arts and humanities employees. And now you're finally, oh, cool. Now I'm in the school of engineering. Now I can get the brass tacks. I've put in my dues. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you haven't. Here comes more leftist, political, racist, hate-filled indoctrination. You never get to the engineering. Oh, that's got to, you know, I know it's asking too much of the university, uh, engineering students at the University of Purdue. But what if you just told them to fuck off? What if you guys just didn't sign up next year? I'm, I'm wondering, like, is there any of you, do any of you have, like, the slightest bit of self-respect? Like, it's not bad enough that this, this whore, this socialist whore sucking on, on Stalin's statue dick, uh, she, she's going to make you take more leftist, indoctrinated, worthless bullshit that does not help you become an engineer, waste your time and your money, by the way, your parents' money, what if you just said, fuck it, I'm, I'm leaving? You go to Ohio State, go to Indiana, go to Urbana-Champaign. Just live. Why, why is there even, why? Who are you students who sign up for this engineering program? I mean, it, it's, it also calls into question all of Purdue University, if the board or whatever the management or executive entity is that, that leads the, the campus nominated this ideologue, this worthless fucking cunt, into the fucking engineering dean. Well, what about the rest of the departments? And engineering's one thing. What about the medical system? What if you had a medical uh, program? You had a school of medicine. And instead of a doctor, you know, like, we're, we're, we're this is, maybe even engineering is too far removed from keeping people alive and protecting people's lives. You know, maybe... Maybe you're just gonna well. Eh. What if it's doctors, surgeons, and and instead of eight years of learning about anatomy and medicine and neurochemistry and and all this other stuff, they have seven years of leftist bullshit indoctrination and only one year of all. Well, I, I think the arteries there. I I don't know about toes, but I think I I, I think the toes are down there. Well, I know the brain. That's important. Don't hurt the brain. The brain's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how to make an incision? I don't know how to make an incision, but I can tell you about how the white people fucked over the black people in 1812 or something or other. Uh, engineers like me at least believe there's a truth and a muddling that with someone's vague notions about social justice could ruin engineering and other sci- uh, sciences, Whiteman lamented. Uh, let's look up this gal. I'm wondering if, uh, do they do a Google, Dr. Donna Riley. I looked into her before. <sighs> Named interim department head of engineering. Why is she still there? That was over a year ago. Purdue announces new head. Okay, so this is May of 2017. Is this the same gal? Like they just took the interim one and said, hey, you're here, you're a warm body. 
It's not loading up. Let's go. Okay, it loaded. Yeah, it is. It is her. They just took the interim and made her official. I just... Look, can you let this girls just be pretty? Honest to God, you don't have to live up to the stereotype. You want to talk about... It's not even a stereotype. You want to talk about the difference between sociology and the law of physics. The one sociological observation that has a 100% correlation coefficient like a law of physics that leftist women just have to be uglier than fuck. Jesus Christ. All right, that's it. Oh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, let's do the rest of the sponsors. And then we got sponsors. Uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. If you don't have enough saved up for retirement, that's all right. You can get my book, Poor Richard's Retirement. It's an essay, really. Short read, but a vital read. Shows you how to retire on about $175,000. So if you haven't saved up, or you haven't even started contributing your 401k. I remember when I was like in my 20s, like, I haven't started contributing my 401k. It's like, yeah, because you had to fucking eat and like pay rent. Don't worry. That's why I wrote it. Because modern day retirement planning is highly flawed. And uh, you can you can keep throwing money like an automaton, like an HR you know robot tells you to. I will contribute to my four hundred one k. I will contribute to my IRA. Eight percent rate of return. I will retire at sixty two and a half. Uh, no, you won't. So why don't you get poor Richard's retirement and make it so that you actually are going to retire? It's it's sad. Only only fifteen percent of the baby boomer population. Fifteen of the baby boomers. Forget the rest of the population. The ones that are like in retirement age or retiring now, only 15% of them have enough. So why don't you you take the time, spend the money, get the wisdom, and uh, uh, just just make this part of your life a lot easier, okay? Go get Poor Richard's Retirement. Uh, along the same lines, if you want something more, a little bit more tailored and specific, you can always contact me through Asshole Consulting. I take on all comers as long as I can legally consult you and you pay. So go to assholeconsulting.com and have the old captain uh, kind of nudge you and give you a course correction and help you out in life. Trust you, me. Uh, it's worth spending $25 on an email or $35 on a video to make sure you don't piss away. It's really time. I know there's a lot of financial savings that can be begotten. But man, the time I would have saved if I just had an older brother that had his head out of his ass, that would have been. I, not to imply I had an older brother, period. I didn't. But man, if I had myself ten years ago, I would have would have really done well. And that's kind of what oh, if I only knew back then what I know now. What yes, now that that allows the thing this dream humans have had this entire time. If I only knew then what I know. Well, yes, now you can come talk to asshole consulting. Just look at the worst mistakes you made in your life. Say, what if I didn't make that mistake? Would that have been worth thirty five bucks? The fuck, it would have been. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's a hundred dollars a month. And that gets you a banner ad on the blog, and I do a video for you as well on YouTube. Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. Go check out our good resident accountant at CPA at ElkinsCPA.com. Chad will help you out with all your accounting needs. ConservativeBrew.com. Aaron, why are you sponsoring? Because they're a new sponsor. How did they pay you? With free coffee. Wow, is it worth it? Actually, yeah, it is. I had it. It's, It's really good coffee, actually. Uh, and I'll say, if, if for those of you that have had um, Black Rifle coffee, which I'm like, oh, my buddy's, oh, yeah, it's really good coffee. I'm like, oh, okay, so we ordered a ton of it. It's very, you know, it's not church basement coffee. 
uh, it's not in those nuclear silo-looking coffee dispensers. Uh, but it really isn't that good of coffee. And conservative brew is better than that. It's not as good as if you went to Dunn Brothers or some hoity-toity thing. Uh, but in going to conservative brew, it's just like uh, Black Rifle Coffee. <clears throat> the money goes to conservatives, but it's better than Black Rifle Coffee. I'm not saying this because they're sponsoring me or giving me free coffee. If the coffee sucked, I wouldn't be asking for the free coffee. I say, look, you give me a bag a month, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll plug you guys. Because it is good. It's good coffee. Now, if you're more of a coffee snob... You know, okay, yeah, you're probably going to want to go to to whatever, you know, get your get your fucking commie Starbucks coffee. But if you want to help out conservatives and have coffee that's better than Black Rifle Coffee, get Conservative Brew. Go to conservativebrew.com, talk to the guys over there, tell them the captain sent you, and they'll keep sending me pretty damn good coffee. <clears throat> we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. That is a podcast station with a ton of different podcasts you could tune into, headed up by John Grant. Go and help out John by tuning in to all the different podcasters there at 405media.com. Obsidian Radio, you can find him on YouTube. Financial Survival Network, that's our good buddy, Kerry Lutz. Canto Talk, Silvio Canto, our friend down in Dallas, originally from Cuba. Escaped Cuba, wrote a book called Cubanos in Wisconsin. They escaped Cuba when he was 10 years old. And they ended up settling in all places, Wisconsin. Uh, he's now a, a middle-aged gentleman, lives down in Dallas, and he has his show, Kanto Talk, C-A-N-T-O. Uh, so check him out. Check out his book as well. O'Shea Duke Jackson. Uh, <laughs> if you want to tune in and just laugh your fucking ass off and learn about black people along the way, uh, check out O'Shea Jackson on YouTube. Uh, Calypso Organ. Still don't know what the fuck that means, O'Shea. Will you please tell me what that fucking... Is that like, oh my God, but you don't curse? I thought there was a friend of his named Calypso who lived in Oregon. But no, it's Calypso Organ. And like, what, what, no one's told me what that is. Anyway, check check out that crazy Yahoo on Yahoo or uh, YouTube.com. Tom Likas at BlowMeUpTom.com. If you're looking to advertise another place, in addition to the Clary Podcast, I strongly recommend you look into advertising on Tom Likas' show. Go to BlowMeUpTom.com. Email Gary, and he'll take care of you. Cynical Libertarian Society. I've been binge-watching, binge-listening to his podcast. He's got an archive. Because I kind of wait. I wait for my favorite podcast. Oh, did, did Beckloff come out and get off his lazy ass and do a podcast? Nah, no, nah, he didn't. Bastard probably got a job or something. And I kind of like, oh, something come out with uh, uh, Ancient Warfare History podcast. Oh, no, they didn't. And it uh, didn't happen. What about uh, In Our Time with Melvin Brake? Oh, no, they're talking about enzymes. I don't want to listen about enzymes. Thank God for Cynical Libertarian Society. He has hundreds of episodes across four or five different types of podcasts. And... uh I just and you could go back and listen and he rants and raves and if you just want pure rage and rant, that's probably what I would download. I you know what I would do if I ever went on my, my pilgrimage where I hike in the rain? I would download all of O'Shea's podcasts, but why well, I download my convert him to MP3 because he's on YouTube. And I'd probably download all of Cynical Libertarian Society and I just hit play. And I'd start walking. Uh, but that is not to say I wouldn't download any of Mitch Berg's podcasts, but you have to go to AM twelve eighty of the Patriot. To find Mitch Berg's podcast, but that's Mitch Berg spelled like it sounds. He is the Uncle Mitch that did not commit suicide because he is not a coward. AcademicComposition.com. You go to AcademicComposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff 
will do your papers for you so you can tell Dr. Don O'Reilly as to how much you suck because you have a white, uh, I was going to have a white male penis because you are, because you have a white penis. And then um, she'll say, oh my God, A plus, go become an engineer. And uh, yeah, so uh, just have him write your paper. Well, he won't write it, but his staff will. Or maybe you will, because if you happen to be a writer and you're looking to pick up a little bit of extra money, you want to work from home, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. School's going to be starting up next month for you suckers, not me. I'm going to be on my motorcycle. I'm going to ride across to the west. I'm a dumbass because your cubicle-dwelling ass knows best. Oh, I didn't conform. And I'm just riding through the Rockies. Meanwhile, your wife is cheating on you back at home. Uh, so, uh, he, uh, he is always looking for writers. You can pretty much write from wherever, obviously, but he also is looking for marketers as well. Uh, so if you have time and want to, it's not exciting work, neither is, but if you're looking for a job, contact Alex, academiccomposition.com. Let him know the captain sent you, whether you use him for a client or as a potential place to work. Uh, what else? We have my two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks. <clears throat> you could find, uh, that one and then stocks, bonds, investing. Oh my, just search the titles. They're offered at hundreds of different, you know, online community course places. And, uh, the analysis evaluation of stocks is exactly that. You learn how to read financial statements. You really learn a lot about accounting. Truthfully, that's really what you learn. And then stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, even though I don't think it's, it's, it is the lesser of the two, it is the more popular of the two because it is basically investing 101. It's kind of like, hey, I don't know what a stock is. What the fuck is a 401k? And who the fuck is the Federal Reserve? Um, take the analysis of value. I'm sorry, take stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. That's kind of the introductory one. So just search them. You got to pay unless you're taking it for for credit and has to go through a particular school, what I recommend you do is you take it cheapest wherever um, and they're offered online anywhere. And since it's online, it doesn't matter if you take it in Tegucigalpa. Just just take it. Uh, be on your best behavior. No cursing, no swearing, no politics. Bunch of old grandma ladies take it. I'm 64 and I'd like to retire next year. And I saved up $4.33. How do I, I? It's time to get serious. And then you're like, ah. And then you channel and you golf and you meditate and you let the birds chirping and the quiet wind blowing across the, the kept grounds. And then you putt and you miss and you don't care because. You're just meditating. That is a joke none of you millennials will get. Betterment. I got my Betterment affiliate program. If you are looking to set up an IRA, go through my Betterment account. It's a robo-advisor. Just trust you, me. This is the best thing for you to do. Go to my site, CaptainCapitalismBlogSpot.com. Click on Betterment logo. I get money, blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. Uh, and then we have my two best of books. If you like reading my blog, because occasionally I, I try to write one really good quality post a week. Had one. What did I have it? It was... Um, my last two good pieces were about the psychological insights into the left, and they are very good. Okay, why the left will always and inevitably eat their own. That's a good one. And then 
the pettiness of the left. So in between those two articles are a bunch of links to other good stuff, but it, they're not thought pieces. They're just links to maybe other thought pieces or kind of keeping you up to date. If you would like to read all of my best pieces, one after another, conveniently located in, in a compendium, I have two compendiums. One is Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, and the other is Captain Capitalism Reserved. There is also a Playboy Bunny-esque like Captain's Quarterly. I was going to do a quarterly magazine until I foolishly realized that my business model relied on pretty girls to model and show up on time and have their fucking act together. And I realized that the least reliable thing in the world is not North Korean missile technology, but it is pretty North American girls. You cannot rely on pretty North American girls. I, I, have, I bet you there's a higher chance of Kim Jong-il hitting a floating nickel in the Pacific with one of his rockets uh, than there is an attractive American woman showing the fuck up on time and being a professional. It just doesn't happen. And so I did get one professional model, Cindy Moran at cindymoran.net. Beautiful girl, professional. If any of you guys need someone to model for you, I cannot recommend her highly enough, but obviously we'd like to have a different model for each issue. <clears throat> so there's only one. It's called Captain's Quarterly. It's expensive because it's color. You didn't want a black and white picture of this girl. So it actually came out really well. And she's in various states of, of dress. Uh, some of them are very classy, 1950s housewives type stuff. Some of it's uh, salacious lingerie. Uh, some of it's just outright beautiful. She has this one red dress on. It's like, like wow, look at that. You know. In other words, you wanted to see pretty pictures of girls and learn about economics along the way. Get Captain's Quarterly. There's only one issue. And it's pricey on the uh, paperback because it's physical in color. But you can also get it on Kindle, which is dirt cheap. And, and there you go. So you can have that there. All right. What else we got? Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Oh, my former employer, Wells Fargo. They just can't... I know... Oop, hang on. I know bankers are stupid. And I know on top of it, you're egotists. And you're not willing to work as hard as engineers. But you gotta do bro it up. And you'll do anything to make that money, except work hard and work honest. But Wells Fargo, I mean, when it comes to just fabricating, creating fake credit card accounts, I mean, come on, come up with something a little bit more elaborate. Well, they, they haven't. Again, bankers are stupid. They're not smart. And I'm not saying this because I hate Wells Fargo. I, I'm saying it because I hate Wells Fargo. And it's true. Wells Fargo sued again for misbilling car owners and veterans. A new class action lawsuit from a former Wells Fargo customer claimed the bank charged loan customers for auto insurance they did not need. With auto loans, the bank often requires that full coverage auto insurance be bought when the loan is made. However, lead plaintiff Joe Paul Hancock says that Wells Fargo charged him for auto insurance even though he informed them he already had an insurance policy with another company. Wells Fargo... See, right there, it... <clears throat> okay. Add Century, I have Century Link for my internet. And all of a sudden the bill goes up by 25 bucks. I said, what's this? Oh, well, you're only on a promotion. I say, well, you can put me back to the regular price or I'm going to go down a notch in internet speed because I really don't need that fast of internet. 
And I was fully prepared to go with whatever, Mediacom, Comcast, whatever the other option I have in my in my neck of the woods is. I was fully prepared and like, you know, ready to spend an hour, you know, ready to be without internet because I knew what was going to happen is CenturyLink, in, in part because it's a big bureaucracy and it could get lost. But also in part, I guarantee you there's some middle management fuck over there saying, well, okay, don't, 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 don't. Let's see if we can bill them out a couple more dollars. Let's see if we can bill them out a couple more dollars. Let's see if he doesn't know us. Because for every one of me, there's five or six that don't pay attention. I'll just pay the bill. So I was fully expecting either through bureaucracy or intentional unethical behavior, they would try and bill me again and my request would not go through. I was shocked when my bill came in and not only did they lower the price, they refunded me for the month I did not use. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a first, but that's why I was shocked. You know that whenever you're dealing with a large corporation, that that the more product lines or services or whatever you have with them, warranties, insurance, it can get lost in the fold. You're going to waste your time. So I like to have as simple of shit as possible and be willing. Like I like to have redundancy. Like I'm prepared to switch companies like that. And so when it comes to Wells Fargo, now look, on top of it, you're complicating your relationship. Do these people pay cash for their cars? No. Now you got to bring in a bank. Now you got to bring in an auto lender. And now there's got to be proof of insurance. And there's just, you've now exponentially increased the number of cogs and, and working parts that can go wrong with this. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get a car loan, that, that, that these people are at fault because they have car loans. I'm just pointing out the reality that this is, what, this is one of the greatest benefits of minimalism. And maybe I haven't expounded upon this. But the fact that you're so small, there's less things for the, for the barnacles of scumbags to, to grab onto and fuck you over with. Like, just think about it. Here's cash for the car. There's the title. I pay liability only. Bye. I only want internet access. I don't need it. I don't need K. I don't know. I just want internet access. Oh, you're going to charge me more? Give me back to the basic package. You just, if you can interact if you have less interactions less let's put it this way if you depend not financially dependent but you rely upon interacting with large bureaucratic slow-moving entities less than the next guy you're going to waste a lot less time and have a lot less problems if that makes any sense Wells Fargo also charged him a late fee when he disputed the charge. See, yeah, then they get the late fees. And they got you because they got your loan. They can repossess the car. Wells Fargo does not dispute that it did this to customers and has offered a refund $80 million to the 570 customers who were charged for the insurance. The lawsuit, however, is to recoup late fees, delinquent charges, and other fees that the refund would not cover. NPR describes Wells Fargo actually repossessing a car of a man who was marked as delinquent for not paying this insurance, which he didn't want or even need or even know about. Friday, the bank also revealed the number of potentially unauthorized accounts from its earlier fake account scandals could be much higher than previous estimates, and they're now expecting their legal costs to exceed $3.3 billion they'd already set aside. All right, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this to you guys again. This is where I actually side with the feds. I actually side with the government on this.
So the feds are going to charge $3 billion. And their first quarter income was... Where's the income? Not the revenues. Oh, they did the EPS. Honest to God. Let's click on this. Let's see if we can find it. Bear with me, guys. Financials. Income statement. 2016. Their profits for 2016 were... 23, uh, 20, no, there's referred dividends, 21 billion, so 21 billion, let's do some math here, oh, the profits are stagnant, that's why they're screwing over the customers, we just can't have stagnant profits, 21 divided by 4, 5, all right, so that is maybe 60% of one quarter of earnings, <laughs> you sure showed them, that's going to get them good. If you really want to make Wells Fargo suffer, take a full year of their earnings. Make it really sting. Yeah, but you, you, you gave them a slap on the hand and it'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, and Reuters reports that a bank will also be paying $108 million to settle a whistleblower lawsuit claiming it, cha it charged military veterans hidden fees to refinance their mortgages and concealed the fees when applying for federal loan guarantees. Uh, and that's the article there. So I just like to pick on Wells Fargo. Why do you, why? Why are any of you banking with them? Look, this has nothing to do with politics. We should all be on board with this one. Nobody should be banking at Wells Fargo. Matter of fact, I honestly think we should all be banking with TCF, uh, federal, because they never took bailout money. You should never, no, you oh, fucking stay the banks, man, into banks. I'm with you. Banker scum need to die. Why are you still banking with banks that took bailout money? Go find one that didn't. Oh, then I'd have to go to the bank. And then I have to fill out some paperwork. And then I'd have to reprogram all the different bills that pull from it. Oh, I'd take like, you know, half a day. And, and I don't, oh, that's too much. I'm not sitting here complaining, but we need to do something. We need to do something. I'm going to complain on Facebook. Do you, do you have any idea <clears throat> how much fright Americans could, could sear with a blowtorch into the heart of bankers if, if all you Wells Fargo people, uh, not you employees, uh, but all you Wells Fargo, quote, customers, just said Fuck it. You refinanced your, your loan with some other bank. You pulled out your savings. You say, you're a scummy bank. You're criminal. You're fucking evil. And we want nothing to do with you. You forget voting Trump or Clinton. That would improve America dramatically more than however you voted. It would scare the piss out of the finance industry that they might shape the fuck up. They might say, Holy shit. And then they'll say, do you remember what happened to Wells Fargo in 2017? Don't fucking make fake accounts, man. 
Don't make fake accounts. But you know what? Wells Fargo has got nothing to worry about. Neither does Bank of America or any other bank because you guys are lazy fucks. You're lazy fucks. You're not going to go and protest. Again, you Republicans are all going to go down to Starbucks no matter how many times that guy tells you he spits in your face and hates your guts. No matter how many times Apple CEO says that you're a communist or not you're a communist. You're an evil uh, person because you don't believe in global warming. No matter how many times Hollywood grabs your mouth, pries it wide open and jams its dick down inside your throat and comes inside your ear, you guys go, well, I kind of really like that. Movie looks really good. I know they got political opinions ah. and you leftists are the same way too don't make it sound like you're out there oh i'm for the environment no you're not you're not you drive your car you don't take the bus you you buy the latest gadget you you don't you don't have solar panels you don't you don't uh, you don't bike to work every day don't give me that shit uh, you, you just, and you're not going to go to Wells Fargo and, and close out your account. You're just not. You're not. Because that would take effort. And we all know Americans are lazy fucks. That's what a basically... God, you don't even have to go to the bank anymore. You can just do it online. <coughs> you really want to screw them over what you would do. Okay, here's, here's a way you could do it. Here's a way you could do it. I know a lot of you don't want to reprogram the automatic deposit and withdrawal. I get that. Well, wait, maybe you can't do it this way because they have minimum balances. Never mind, you can't do it. No, you guys aren't going to do it. Never mind. So it's just, it's just a cute exercise. I got out of Wells Fargo once I could. I offered them neither my labor, and then I said, no, I'm not ban- doing banking with you. And they, oh, I'm sorry you lose your business. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't fucking refinance my mortgage. I've never missed a payment in my life, and you guys want to be like, fuck you. I always had this dream that, like, you know, back when I was stupid and young and I thought I'd start, like, this, you know, large multi-billion dollar corporation, I would put a bid out and say, okay, banks come and uh, talk to me if you want to get my banking business. And then Wells Fargo would come in and then whatever poor schlep that they sent, you know, whatever representative, I'd be, like, stringing him along the entire time and I'd make him like follow me around I'd make him buy shit uh, hey Jimmy can you pick this up thanks Jimmy you're a good guy I'm like oh I gotta fly up to this place I gotta fly up to that place just exhaust this guy and then like uh, when it came down I like and then have like Bob from TCF come in Bob hey how you doing he's like hey man can I can I get that bit I'm like yeah of course here you go and then like have Jim from Wells Fargo and I look at him and say that's for Fucking me and everybody else over like you do with your goddamn employees and your clients. Go tell your boss. Who is the boss now? That doesn't fucking matter. All right, that's it. Um, Men, check your nuts. Make sure you ain't got the testicular cancer. Ladies, check your boobs. Do not donate to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. That is not going to help fight breast cancer. You getting your ass into the doctor and getting a mammogram and a checkup will. Okay? The uh, the conformists, the big dumb apes that we have playing football and hockey and swingy stick and all that who wear pink gloves and wear pink shoes, that does not help. Uh, but going in and getting mammograms does. I say that because I hate women and I think you're all disgusting and I'm a misogynist. That's why I want you to prevent getting breast cancer. That's, that's why I'm telling you to get mammograms and not worship at the altar of social justice warrior, corporate social responsibility, uh, virtue signaling. Crap. All right, we'll see you kids later. Toodles.